0: And this is Simone Gibertoni and Sonia Spring here at Clinique La Perrerie in Switzerland. After our fascinating conversation we had last week about transcendental meditation, today we want to discover more about our internal clock, the 24-hour cycle which controls basically all our physical and mental functions and processes. Sonia, another great subject for today.
1: Yes, exactly, Simone. This internal clock, known as circadian rhythm, responds primarily to light and darkness. Uh, Sleeping at night and being awake during the day is a typical example of it. How do circadian rhythm affect body function and health? Can we use the properties of circadian biology to enhance health? Today, we welcome Professor Christoph Scheiermann to look into a part of this extraordinary science linking health and well-being. Good day and welcome, uh, Professor Shireman. Thank you for accepting our invitation to Montreux. Professor Scheiermann, you're a researcher and professor in Geneva and Munich, working in the Department of Pathology and Immunology at the Geneva University Medical Center. Your research is about the relations between the immune response and circadian rhythm. And you carry out these studies with an interdisciplinary approach involving immunology, neuroscience, and vascular biology. You published several articles about the role of the clock in, uh, in immunity, including a publication in Nature in 2018, and received several awards. Tell us a bit more about you and what led you to this passion for science and field of research.
2: Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be here. So um, I am a biochemist by training. Um, I'm German, and I studied biochemistry in Berlin. Uh, and then I went for my, uh, for my diploma thesis to, uh, to the MIT um, in the States, and then I did my PhD at Imperial College London, and then I went to the States basically again to do some uh, postdoctoral research. Um, I came back to, to Germany to, um, to um, start my own group. And now, finally, I am here at the University of Geneva as an associate professor. So my interest was always in studying how nervous signals can um, interact with the immune system and how they, these long-range signals can locally um, affect the immune response. And that's something we're studying right now. And the circadian cycle is something that is um, regulated in such a manner
1: and in our introduction we said a few words about this uh, circadian rhythm but maybe it's uh, even better if you explain a little bit more about what it is uh, how where it does come from etc
2: sure so when you talk about a circadian rhythm it's actually it's a it's a circadian um, um, kind of um, uh, process uh, which is latin which stands for about about a day so it's not exactly 24 hours and um, this rhythm is generated by the planet's rotation. Um, and then, obviously, it's associated with the light-dark cycle, but also with, um, with uh, changes in temperature. And so these um, daily rhythms have, um, have, have occurred in almost all life forms on Earth. And they give an, an advantage um, across non-rhythmic um, uh, forms of being, basically. And so these circadian rhythms are driven by biological clocks, which allow organisms to adapt to and anticipate temporal changes in the environment, something that basically recurs all the time, such as the daylight change. So thus, these biological clocks are, in fact, a response at the molecular level, um, something that occurs at the small scale, um, to a cosmological phenomenon. And I think that's very exciting, something that occurs at a very large scale, right? Which is this um, rotation of the planet, and so this uh, mechanism evolved uh, billions of years ago. We don't know exactly when, but it's um, probably occurred to um, separate um, biological incompatible um, processes between the day and the night. For example, you know oxidative uh, processes, but also metabolic processes, and and so the DNA is something that is very um, sensitive to oxidative changes. And so some of these um, processes would then be better partitioned to uh, times of the day when uh, these oxidation uh, changes don't occur. So as uh, Simone already said, that uh, virtually all aspects of physiology are regulated by internal circadian clocks, including um, maybe the most obvious, uh, the sleep-wake cycle and the behavior, body temperature, cardiovascular and digestive processes, but also, last but not least, my specialty, um, immune functions
1: okay i see and you you mentioned actually dna in uh, in what you you just said so does it mean that these clocks are in our genes
2: exactly so when we talk about um circadian clocks there are so-called circadian clock genes and these are genetically encoded and um, in fact are in humans even variants of these genes which give you a phenotype because um, some of these uh, mutations can delay the onset or the offset of sleep
1: I see. And can can a person be more like a day person or a night person?
2: Absolutely. So, um, if you talk about um, an early person or an early chronotype, a, a chronotype, as some people say, um, this is what's called a, a lark, and uh, so these people would be more active early in the day. Um, in contrast, there's um, some people that may uh, you know function better in the evening. These are called owls or or late chronotype.
1: These twenty-four hour cycles dictate much more than just our sleep patterns, impacting even our immunity. You said also our moods and behaviors. How is this clock working in our
2: body? So, in the circadian system of mammals, clocks normally tick in line with the rhythmically occurring light-dark cycle. Right, light is processed by the eyes, and synchronizes rhythms in the brain, in an area known as the suprachiasmatic nucleus. Yeah, this is a nucleus that sits above the optic chiasm. However, circadian clocks are not only found in the brain, but in all major organs and tissues and even mature cell types of the body. The normal circadian synchrony of cells and tissues outside the brain is maintained by a complex network involving nerve signaling, secretion of hormones such as um, corticosteroids, glucocorticoids, cortisol in in humans, and metabolic cues. And these latter ones are are driven by rhythmic eating behavior, for example. This is interesting um, because while light is the major orchestrator of these rhythms for some tissues, such as the brain, in the liver, which is the main metabolic organ of the the body, um, this tissue is more sensitive to rhythmic food intake. What's important to note is that organisms that are in sync with their rhythmic environment are known to maintain a better fitness and disruption by abnormal lighting or feeding schedules or due to genetic mutation of circadian timing genes can induce pathological changes. In support of this, human lifestyles that disrupt this inherent si- timing system they just discussed, for example, frequent jet lags uh, due to cross-continental traveling, um, this can Um, result in uh, in a chronic out-of-sync behavior and this is associated with increased risk um, of pathologies such as cancer, metabolic disorders, but also cardiovascular and cerebrovascular diseases. And this is important um, because many human inflammatory diseases exhibit also rhythmicity in these pathologies, including, for example, and most famous myocardial infarction asthma, but also um, rheumatoid arthritis. We now know that multiple aspects of immune functions are under the direct control of the circadian clockwork. For example, the migration of immune cells from the blood to different organs is highly rhythmic. Also, the interactions between an organism and pathogen, for example, is rhythmic, as well as the activation of different branches of the immune system. And these are um, called the innate the adaptive immune system. So it is now apparent that circadian signals operate as a gatekeeping mechanism to control the magnitude of immune responses in a very powerful time of day manner. More importantly, which is important, I think, also for the clientele here, an in sync lifestyle with a rhythmic environment may be used in a preventive manner to reduce or even avoid specific inflammatory diseases.
0: Dr. Sherman, I love the link that you made between the biological clock that exists at our DNA level, uh, but it's also reflected on a cosmological level. Now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the immune system with the COVID. Uh, that's, uh, of course, is the hot subject of the year. Everybody's talking about uh, uh, the immune system. And you also told me last time we met a fascinating story about uh, the vaccine and uh, studies that you're doing uh, between uh, the circadian rhythm and the vaccine, uh, the vaccination time. First of all, can you tell me more about uh, circadian rhythm related to the immune system?
2: So in the immune system, many factors show the circadian rhythm. Maybe the most obvious uh, are these daily changes that we see in blood leukocyte counts. Yeah? For example, during during sleep, these cells are normally more present in blood than during the times of activity. And uh, we can harvest and harness um, these oscillations to try to design better times for, as you just mentioned, vaccination therapies. For example, you could imagine that the number of white blood cells at a given tissue and then the migration to other tissues would be highly time-of-day dependent, and you could use this to then vaccinate at the proper time to basically enhance the, the endogenous response. So this, I think, is a particularly exciting aspect in the field of circadian immunology. It's, it's currently not very well understood how that works, but we're actively investigating this.
1: A key question in uh, in your field is why is the immune system so tightly controlled by uh, circadian oscillations? Can you give us some uh, more striking examples of it?
2: Yes. So, um, for example, if you look at, at rodents, they're really... Um, react much more strongly to specific um, stimuli, such as pathogens, in the late afternoon compared to other time points. And that is before the onset of their behavior activity. And this apparently allows these rodents to fight off bacteria more effectively when administered at a more physiological dose that is maybe more likely to be encountered in nature. Thus, a, a timed immune response potentially with a refractory phase in between, maybe for opposing immune process to occur, may ultimately increase the survival of an organism. Evidence for this lies in the fact that both immune cell intrinsic and extrinsic rhythms are coordinated in a highly complex fashion to balance the recruitment and activation of immune cells.
1: And what does uh, this tell us about our lifestyle? How can we influence this rhythm with our behavior?
2: So I talked earlier about chronic jet lag, um, which uh, could stem, for example, from frequent transcontinental travel. And this has been associated with an increased incidence of cancer, but also inflammatory diseases, such as uh, psoriasis and irritable bowel syndrome. So I think it's evident that work schedules that are out of sync with our usual rhythmic behavior are a major concern for society. Together, experimental studies and clinical data corroborate the notion that a healthy intact clock is necessary to regulate immune homeostasis and to help prevent the development of immune disorders. One obvious way to enforce this with our behavior would be to reduce chronic jet lag by trying potentially to be active when it is light outside and sleep when it's dark outside.
0: I would like to go back to the immune system and ask you, um, maybe even giving some tips to our listener. Uh, can we say then that the immune system is heavily influenced by the time of the day?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So it's not only season, but it's uh, the daily rhythm that affects the immune uh, the immune system. And so the question is, why is this the case, right? And I earlier talked about this time partitioning of of specific processes that may not be compatible to each other. And this may also be the effect for the immune system. For example, it could be there to um, optimize um, and to provide protection of the body at specific times, potentially at times when the body is more likely to be exposed to pathogens. Imagine, for example, flu or let's say COVID or something. Um, We would be more susceptible to these agents when we're active and about, and we would encounter other people, right? When we sleep, we would hardly uh, not have interactions with any of these, these pathogens. So it may be better for the body to be ready um, to fight off these potential encounters uh, at specific times while basically keeping still at other times. So it's basically a better use of the body's energy to uh, arm you know,
0: the, the epithelial borders at the right time. Based on uh, your studies and your research, is there something that you change in your lifestyle? There is something different that you are doing now. For example, you were talking about the 10 hours window for eating. Uh, and um, Give us some ideas of what you change in your life based on what you discover.
2: So the very first thing that I change is I put a blue filter in my iPhone, and I would recommend everybody to do this, because it gives you better sleep. Um, because what's important is that I told you earlier that uh, light is being... Um, processed by the eye, and the eye has uh, blue light receptors, and especially the blue light, so this high energy light, can induce these changes, whereas red light doesn't really shift the clock that much. So I would urge everybody, um, especially people who work late, to put in these blue blue filters, and it's very easily done on the iPhone, also on the computer, actually, um, also on Android devices. Secondly, which is tougher to implement, I, I, I give you that, is this uh, window of food intake. Because 10 hours seems like a long time, but it's actually not. Yeah. Imagine you wake up and you, you you have food at you know 7 a.m. or so. Then you need to stop eating at 5 p.m. Yeah. So it's pretty tough. But in rodents, again, it has been shown that uh, um, rodents that re- receive the same amount of calories, but either they eat it during the active phase or they eat it during their sleeping phase, basically. So they have to get up to eat. They become much fatter when they eat their calories during the time when they shouldn't. Yeah. You can see this also in in, uh, in, in in the general public, in humans. So I think this is something that is fascinating the topic, directly relevant to us, a bit harder to implement.
0: Listen, I've been fascinated by your research. You have research and studies, the most important university in the world. Has there been a once, one discovery that you made that make you? say wow this is completely unexpected to me
2: well i was initially interested in um in in solving you know how white blood cells get to specific organs but then haphazardly stumbled which often is the case um uh, over a um a finding that changed my my course of uh, of my research namely that molecules that were important in maybe this uh, leukocyte or white blood cell trafficking were also important in in governing um, the integrity of peripheral nerves, and this kind of brought me to this um, to this this very, I think, exciting field of circadian biology, because I told you earlier that um, also nerves can can regulate um, by a long ri- long range and long distance um, signals the local immune response, and so for me that was an eye opening moment, and uh, that's the reason why I'm where I'm right now.
1: So we see that really lifestyle and uh, circadian clocks are uh, very much uh, interconnected. And how about medical conditions? Are they also relating to uh, to these uh, biological clocks?
2: Absolutely. Um, so, so this clock um, continues to be critical, not only in steady state conditions, but also um, it regulates inflammation once a disease is established. Yeah. For example, you may have heard of uh, a nocturnal component component of asthma, where the symptoms show um, exacerbations in the early mornings. Or for example, patients that suffer from rheumatoid arthritis often report increased joint stiffness and pain in the early morning. So these periods of increased symptoms correlate with peaks of disease markers, indicating that these phenomena are not simply a consequence of sleep itself, for example, which is caused by limited movement and altered breathing patterns, right? So given the wide range of effects of the circadian clock on immune function, it's not surprising that in a chronic setting, there are rhythmic fluctuations in inflammatory pathways which are sufficient to cause physiological effects. Our current understanding of these interactions is very limited, of course, but it is clearly important that we gain deeper knowledge as this is likely to lead to novel treatment options.
1: And Professor, we speak uh, often about day, night, when we speak about this, uh, these internal clocks. And um, can we also link it to uh, seasons?
2: Absolutely. So um, I think that's a fascinating aspect, which takes, unfortunately, a lot of time to study. But um, there are not only these diurnal oscillations, so these daily oscillations, but there's also seasonal components to this. So, for example, there's emerging evidence um, that circulating immune cells are under seasonal control. And um, the question is, what is the relevance of this? Um, You may know right now we're in the, just a little bit before the flu season. Um, And so there's obviously certain diseases that occur at certain times of the year. And this is thought to be the result of a combination of increased prevalence of these respiratory viral infections and COVID would also be a good example for this. Uh, And this could also be, although, to lifestyle changes during the colder month because we spent more time indoors, which would um, increase the contact time with other people. Could also be due to reduced vitamin D levels, uh, but also increased melatonin levels because I already told you that melatonin is a hormone that's being released when it's dark. So I think these examples demonstrate that there may be important seasonal changes in the phasing and the exposure of circadian regulated signals tuned to the environment that can affect our physiology and health.
1: Professor, rejuvenation is really a word that um, we, uh, we like uh, at Clinique La Prairie because it's really one of the, the target and uh, really the objective that uh, we have in our, in our program here in Montreux. Um, so I, I'd like to, to link it with, uh, with your topic. And I want to ask you if actually working and using this circadian clock can be a way of uh, rejuvenating or somehow reactivating our own individual uh, uh, immune clock.
2: So I think rejuvenation is a very good term because this actually is probably one of the major things that the circadian clock does, right? Because altered circadian um, rhythms, which occur often in aging, um then manifest themselves in in aged skin, for example. yeah. And so the idea would be that uh, you know re uh, resetting that clock and making these these so-called amplitudes stronger and better may in fact um, benefit the whole tissue and so rejuvenate that tissue. So I think that's a it's an active area of research, fascinating. Obviously, there's a challenge um, to target only the clock of that rhythmic response, maybe. Uh, specifically, let's say if we want to talk the, of the immune cell clock, but also other clocks, while maybe you know leaving the organism as a whole untouched. However, as in aging generally, it seems that the clock is a little bit reduced. It would probably be a, a general benefit um, to 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 re-strengthen this oscillation again.
1: You speak about season and of uh, colder months, and we know that actually people uh, often take uh, food supplements, for example, to really face uh, uh, the situation and the issues they may have in uh, in those months. So, is there any any link actually between uh, between these studies and the food supplements?
2: So, in general, of course, I mean, if you talk about colder um, se- colder month and season, um, there's always a lack of sunlight, and this is often countered or or aimed to be countered with vitamin D supplements also with light therapies. And so this is a good way to indirectly and beneficially target the immune system um, because it it increases overall body fitness, right? And it also reduces uh, depression during the darker, colder months. I talked earlier about melatonin, uh, as this is a darkness-inducing hormone. And um, this may actually be a good supplement, and I use it also, to kind of alleviate the effect that jet lag um, does on the body because it's a sleep signaling and dark signaling hormone. So you can take it in advance when you know basically that you would cross um, time zones. So these treatments are beneficial at times, in increasing overall body fitness. Our growing understanding of how components of the molecular clock interact with critical elements of inflammatory pathways, pathways furthermore, offers the potential for the use of pharmacological agents that target specifically components of the circadian clock. And we could potentially use this as anti-inflammatory agents. However, here there lies a challenge because the aim is to produce these very high affinity, high efficacy molecules that ideally only enhance the activity of specific clock proteins. It's difficult, however. um, Recently, a number of tool compounds have been developed that show that in general principle, there could be a benefit of pharmacological modulation of clock proteins on the outcome of inflammatory challenge. For example, this could reduce the burden of atherosclerotic plaques. So I think taken together, the future here in this aspect will will see the development of novel tools targeting the clock in inflammatory disorders.
1: Thank you, Professor. You made us understand how circadian rhythm rule our physical and mental health. And how long-term prospects of uh, this circadian medicine may lead to therapies for the immune response and for many health situations like uh, sleep disorders, mental well-being, or also may be useful for combating negative effects of shift work or, or jet lag. And I think that we can say that as much research is underway in the field of uh, circadian medicine, we may be able one day to use people' internal circadian time and combine with your research in important topic get uh, unprecedented implications for individual treatment and diagnosis based on individual circadian clock.
0: It's clear from what you told us that there are potentially incredible implications for individual treatment and personalized medicine. Professor Sherman, thank you very much for being with us today and uh, sharing with us uh, so many information and thank you to all the listeners today.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure.